But I, I know, you know, we've got some values at Regal and one of them's generosity. We want to be generous as a company. I want to be generous as a person. And when I'm no longer here, I would like generosity to be one of the things that would have defined me. Welcome to the Orlando Impact Podcast, a podcast dedicated to shining the spotlight on purpose-driven leaders in the Orlando area. If you are looking to sharpen your leadership skills while being inspired by the struggles and stories of triumph of local leaders, this podcast is for you. Hey, Andy Young here with the Life Wealth Group, and I believe that everybody has a dream that drives them forward. Join myself and Hilgart this week and every week as we discuss thoughts and ideas with some of Orlando's top leaders. From business owners to leaders of nonprofits, these discussions can help you make better decisions for how to run your business and live a life that you dream about. Welcome to the show. All right. Well, today, welcome to Orlando Impact. This is our podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do on a weekly basis, and I'm interviewing some amazing folks in, in Central Florida, folks that I've had the opportunity to be around, work with, or just got to know. And uh, I've met Tim uh, Cook uh, at a beautiful place in Marsh Harbor. I think, Tim, it was about six years ago. I just remember a big smile and a beautiful boat, and uh, we were off to a very cool, unique retreat. But I specifically remember, Tim, how hospitable you were, how beautiful the boat was, and uh, I remember you knowing the maps about where to go get lobster in the Bahamas that made you a very, very wealthy man. And I also remember just uh, being on a rope, being pulled by the boat with a pair of goggles on, looking down to figure out where, where them lobsters were. Those were very memorable moments uh, the first time we met. But uh, Tim, you, uh, you and your family are, are a very impactful family in Central Florida. You have a very large business. Uh, in the form of Regal Boats. And uh, Tim, I know that you are second generation. So tell us a little bit about your story, Tim, just growing up uh, with dad, uh, tinkering and building boats and how the business kind of have grown and what it was like in the early days uh, of uh, entering into the business as a young man. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, Marsh Harbor, which is in the Abacos Bahamas, which is still recovering uh, from Hurricane Dorian last year. And when I was 15 years old, my, my mom and dad, they traded a boat for the use of a house on Man of War. And so at 15 years old, was introduced to the Bahamas and have really adored visiting the Bahamas ever since and has, has shaped, I would say, my life and uh, even the life of my kids in regards to recreation and, and boating. What a, what a phenomenal opportunity. And about at that time, in, well, actually 1973, uh, the oil embargo happened and our business, which my mom and dad started from scratch, knew nothing about boats, picked the name out of encyclopedia in 1969. But in 1973, we just started to get on plane, I would say, get the boat up on plane, the, the business up on plane, and the oil embargo happened. And we went from 36 people to six people over a weekend. And my dad found himself in a position where he found himself in a place of surrender. Now, I think most of us don't see as a place of surrender as being a place you really want to be in, hosting the white flag, but actually there's freedom and surrender. 
And dad took what he had done with the business and he turned it over really into the hands of God. And he said, whatever happened from this day forward is really on account of God, not on account of me. I've done the best I can and, and we're likely going to need to liquidate, but I surrender it. And he would joke and say, well, that was easy to do. It wasn't worth anything. But it was, it was so significant in the trajectory of our business because it really was the headwaters. I, I would say our business was born again, again, on, uh, in, in September, actually, I believe it was of 1973, where he uh, communicated to our two outside stockholders that were probably gonna have to liquidate. But during the course of that, he surrendered. And so we turned our business over to God then, and not only was it significant for the business, it was significant for our family. And so it was a growth process for us as a business, recognizing that God is sovereign, that he's, he, he covers it all. And that um, from that, that time forward, we, we started to pick up business and we've, to, to the, for the most part, been on the grow ever since. But recognize that really as the headwaters that have been so important that have influenced our business for now, I guess you'd say, well, we're 51 years old this year as a business, privately held, family owned. And, uh, but those years, uh, you know, for 48 years or so, 47, 48 years, you know, really, I would say uh, God has been really in the center. And so we're so thankful for that. That's a fantastic story, Tim. I've not heard that one before, and it's uh, just great for me to hear it too. Um, it's interesting in a period of time of COVID <clears throat> where business is going sideways, maybe down for a lot of folks. I've heard uh, 70,000 businesses have gone out of business. It's a period of time when I would say we're grabbing onto the steering wheel, you know, with uh, some angst and really holding on hard. But um, interesting that your father came to the place of surrender. And um, I got to say that I've been there myself. Um, but it, for me, has been a challenge to stay there as as flesh comes back in so here's my question to you in transitioning into a state of surrender what has been for you some of the challenges to overcome to uh maybe at times move out of a state of surrender what is it just what is the challenges it is for you to live in a state of surrender with a family business it is a challenge uh, you know, um, I, for me personally, and I would say as a business, you know, as a, as a, as a family business, uh, we have found that oftentimes it becomes an idol and it, it can, and I would say an idol, you could say that an idol is anything that kind of blocks your view of God kind of thing, or you put between yourself and God. And so, um, we have as a family actually, uh, had discussion and then and then prayer and then ask for forgiveness for actually uh making a business a, a god in in uh and uh, a man-made god versus uh uh having god at the center and so for us that that position of surrender is a a regular thing that we would struggle is struggle with as you mentioned and so what we uh try to do is is try to come back to the center We'll have uh, times of prayer with the family, specifically doing our best to come before him and say, God, this is about you and not about us. Um, it, 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 it is for sure a challenge. And, and even, even going through COVID here, it has been an enormous challenge 
to manage through that. Fortunately for the boat business, people have chosen boats to be their recreation of choice. So unexpectedly, uh, the boats have been selling at retail and we're very thankful for that, but recognize uh, that uh, there are a lot of people out of work and there's a lot of, besides the sickness, the economy has uh, become sick. And uh, so it, there's, I think, some long-term challenges ahead. So our, our goal would be to be faithful stewards of the business that God has, uh, we would say, given us. And that is, it's, it's uh, a steward as we're, we're managing it for him. And so at one, at, at our, our mission statement starts with God's help, which suggests a dependency. And also with that dependency would come accountability. Uh, to God for what we do, but with God's help and a steadfast commitment to integrity, doing the right thing the right way, we'll develop an exceptional team of people. We're, we're kind of in the people business and we build great boats, I would say. Everything begins and ends with people and relationships. And, and relationships is so important because the only thing that can possibly be eternal is relationships. And so no fiberglass is going to heaven. So relationships are important. So that's whether our team members or our dealers who we work with or our vendors or our relationships in the community, what, how we behave and how we honor God through our relationships is important. And then lastly, to provide exceptional customer satisfaction. So those five points in our mission statement, but it's, it's, it really kind of starts, if you will, with, with surrender from the standpoint with God's help, that we recognize that God is sovereign that um, at the end of the day, we're working for him and, and how to honor him through what we do daily. And, uh, but that, that takes a regular process of surrendering. And uh, sometimes we're good at it, sometimes not, you know, so. Well, thank you for your transparency, Tim. That's, that's making it very real. So I'm wondering, you know, you, you are a great example of um, generation two there were certain things that you probably learned from your father as your father was translating the business and bringing you and your brother and sister into the business. Um, what were some of the lessons you learned from your dad that you thought were pretty profound that is helping you today as you are thinking about the third generation? And, uh, you know, just uh, there's folks in our audience that's listening to us that are in family businesses and, uh, like any business, whether you're family or non-family, you have challenges. What were some of the lessons you've learned from, from your dad that you thought he did a fantastic job on to help you uh, edify the family as well as the business and bring those two things together? You know, I think um, my dad operated out of principles. And I think as, as I look at myself as being a dad and then also uh, uh now, now a senior, my God, I got to say I'm a senior, but as I, as I get older, that, that principles matter. And that from a standpoint of influencing others, I think uh, operating by principles and the consistency of principles, you know, make a difference. So my dad was a person of integrity and he would be someone who uh, could be trusted. Everybody would say he could be trusted. And that was, that's an earned position through behaviors and he lived that whether it's at home or at work he lived that he he also was a person that connected relationally and so you know 
so we put our word relationship in in our mission statement because we never want to lose sight of that 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 people are more important than product people are more important than a business deal uh, we never would want to take one of our dealers maybe they've been with us a long time and mistreat them because we can get a better deal down the street now that doesn't mean we might not change you know our distribution but we want to consider how we treat that individual and so that's important to us and so my dad walked these principles out and and i saw that in 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 so many ways and sometimes i saw him pass up a really great deal because of a relationship and so he he lived that and uh he he was someone who uh could be trusted and because of that and so he he walked those things out through life. That's extremely powerful, Tim. I, I, you know, just hearing you say what you said about your dad, I know there's so many, so many guys and so many men that didn't have such a great experience maybe with their fathers, but certainly it gives us inspiration to maybe, you know, even break that cycle. Um, but I, what I'm hearing you too is I hear the word principle a lot. And, um, you know, I've, I've found that if you can articulate, if you first can take the time to write down the principles that you do believe in uh, and you make them your own and then you articulate them, it gives you uh, a rudder, you know, yes. what, what is a boat without a rudder? It gives you a rudder to be able to steer from, right? So what were some of the principles? What are some of the principles that's uh, close and dear to your heart today in the way that you are? Uh, living your life as well as uh, the, the business. Hey, sorry for the interruption. It's Andy. And I know you're listening to the Orlando Impact Podcast because you want to help maximize your impact in your family, community, and organizations that you care about. I've got something for you. If you want to take this a step further, I want you to head on over to thelifewealthgroup.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. This is a collection of hand-picked articles along with focus on things that you can be doing to make a difference. We send it every Friday straight to your inbox. Finally, I would like to invite you to our upcoming webinar that will help educate you on making informed decisions for retiring in the new normal. So go to thelifewealthgroup.com to sign up today for our weekend reading and keep informed on how you can continue to make an impact in your community. What were some of the principles? What are some of the principles that's uh, close and dear to your heart today in the way that you are uh, living your life as well as uh, the, the business? Well, first, first and foremost would really uh, to do my best to honor God in all that I do. That, um, you know, I believe one day I'll stand before him and be judged for what I did or didn't do. And uh, thankfully, his grace, that unmerited favor, uh, is available to all of us and you can't earn your way in. But what I do is important because I act, because uh, my, the, what I do, it comes from my headwaters, my headwaters personally of where I am with God, my, my faith. And because everything flows from that, the decisions I make, um, you know, who I am as a husband, a father, a friend, what I do in business uh, might be what I do uh, 
financially? Who am I living for? And am, am I giving myself away? So uh, to honor him with my life, ultimately, by giving myself away and, and by, by serving him and the, what, really what I would say would be biblical truth. So I can only do that, to be honest, by the grace of God. I, I, I can't measure up otherwise. But if I come from that place of surrender, then there's, he's got something to work with. But otherwise, it's going to just be too much. I'll call it flesh, my own carnality, and I'm just not going to be good enough. But with him, I, I can do that. So my, my, I would endeavor to serve him in those regards, taking uh, the gifts, the, my, my time, talent, and treasure, and apply it to things that will make a difference. And that uh, I, I, I would not want to live a life of just serving myself. Life's too valuable to waste it on yourself. You know, it's just too valuable just to waste it on yourself. And so uh, my, my hope and my prayer for me is that I could continue to, to, to grow in that arena and, and to live that out. And so the great thing is we get to do that at, 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 at work. We get to do that at home. We get to do that in our community. You know, our business, uh, there's six venues in our business. We get the privilege of, I'll say, honoring God and being a steward. And, and that is with our team members. We employ about 650 people currently. And we get to, to by the grace of God, love on these, these folks. And by doing so, you know, hopefully make a difference. Uh, our dealer network, we shipped a boats to 45 countries around the world and all over North America. We got relationships with those folks. We've, we've got vendors of which we buy a lot of material from, all kinds of different stuff. And so we got relationships with them. We have um, our uh, Orlando community that we uh, get to a, get a, get a participate in. And, and we ultimately want to be uh, serving and giving within or our Orlando community. And then um, our boat owners, we actually have a, a relationship with our boat owners. So I think that might have been five or six. I was counting my fingers and I only got five, but, <laughs> but we, we've, got, we've got the opportunity to make a difference. And I think, I think choosing to say, listen, this life is not just about me but it's about making a difference in the lives of others. And so if we look for that and say, well, what can I do? And it's hard because, you know, the, the busyness of life is, is constantly trying to steal, you know, the opportunity to make a difference because we're chasing other things around. But I think doing our best to live deliberately and with intent uh, can make a difference. And so uh, we, we endeavor to do that. And, um, by the grace of God, we, we, we uh, are successful. You know, um, Tim, I, you, you use the word grace a lot. And I do remember about our great retreat that uh, our fearless leader, Kenan Birch, led uh, at Man of War. You mentioned Man of War as well. So mm -hmm. I can see why that was so, uh, so, so very much in your backyard and why that was meaningful. And I just remember back to that retreat sitting at Kenan's feet with a journal and writing like crazy. I call Kenan the grace brother uh, in that he really has a good handle on the word grace, but I hear that a lot from you too. Now, a lot of guys in business, let's just say we are performance orientated, would probably be a good way of saying it. We're going after it. Uh, business at times can be the school of hard knocks or 
you know, we make a profit. It's either a plus or a minus, right? So, um, and at times, business owners can get pretty hard on themselves. Um, how this this concept of grace, uh, how's that helped you in, in, in life when, especially in tough times, uh, how's that grace helped you to stay stay on track to live as principled as you say that you've been living here? Well, and let me say, the, uh, the, the principles I'm talking about are principles I would say we believe in, I believe in. Do we achieve those all the time? No. So, I, you know, I, I, I want to make that clear that I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for God's grace and grace is defined as an unmerited favor. And, and so, you know, I, I think we, we will do better honoring God if we receive the grace that God has for us and that that grace is available. And if, if we feel like we've, we've got to strive to earn it, then we haven't fully embraced the grace that he has for us. And I think that applies to business too. And, uh, you know, we all, we all fall short, you know, and we all uh, struggle through different uh, aspects, whether it's at home or at work. And, uh, but, uh, you know, his grace is available. And, and you know, uh, you know, in scripture says that uh, his strength is perfected in weakness. And so that's, that is really his grace at work because, uh, God often works through the more difficult times, and 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 it's through those times I think that 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 the temper of that steel is hardened, and uh, and shaped. And so, uh, but His grace is available to to help do that during those even most difficult times. I love what you're saying. I agree, and it's very evident in your story. If we just go back to your father's experience of surrender and receiving grace and then um, what has happened in the last 50 years as a result of that you know 650 employees is a lot and you are making a great impact in in orlando and speaking of that um you know in i think it was in november december of last year you invited us to um come to a thanksgiving dinner i think it was thanksgiving yes and it was a thanksgiving celebration uh with nathaniel's hope and uh, there you were with Marie on the stage and talking about Nathaniel's hope. And for one, I was completely blown away by how much the ministry has grown over the last four or five years. I was absolutely astonished to hear that, excited about it. But uh, tell us a little bit more about how Nathaniel's hope and tell us a little bit more about, I know this is one of the big ways that you're living out uh, the principles you're talking about and making an impact and difference in families' lives. You know, in two thousand in, in two thousand and one, November thirteenth, two thousand and one, uh, we had uh, our little our little boy, our son, uh, die at three and a half years old unexpectedly. He had numerous uh, challenges, disabilities. He never walked or talked, but in an unexpected fashion, he went and un untimely he went from earth to heaven, and it rocked our world. And out of that, we had him for three and a half years. He probably changed my wife and I more than anything else in life, you know, here, and I'm going to be 63 in November. But it was such a privilege to care for our son. And during that process, he taught us more than we can even begin to measure. And at his passing, we recognized this really wasn't the end. It was really the beginning and that we're stewards of the life that God has given us. 
restorative circumstances we've been in. It's not by chance. And that we had the opportunity and the privilege to apply what we learned with our son to life. And so out of his life and death, we uh, start an organization called Nathaniel's Hope, which uh, is its mission is really to pull alongside what we call VIPs, which are kids with disabilities and, the, and their families to lift their arms up, to cheer them on because it can be an incredibly difficult assignment. And so that, that came out of the life and death of our son. It wasn't a plan. And I don't know about you or anybody else that might see this podcast. Lots of times, you know, we want a strategy and we want, a, we want something on a whiteboard, so to speak. But you know, oftentimes God doesn't work that way. And I've, I've told our kids, whenever you think you can begin to predict the future, remember the past. It's probably not going to be like you think. And so I think that, you know, the scripture says, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And so there is a place for planning, but it's, I think it's real important that we allow the directing to take place and, and God's in the business of doing that. And so he did that out of the life and death of our son and, and changed courses for us. It's like we were headed, we were headed to LA and we ended up going to Alaska sort of thing. It was just a whole different journey, but, but a journey that we, we feel privileged to have traveled. And so we're, our, we feel like it's our calling to, to serve families both locally here and around the nation and perhaps even around the world sometime, just lifting those families up. Primarily, we work a lot with the local church. Uh, locally here, we, 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 we do events to support the families, uh, but, but privileged just to uh, cheer them on, really, in a marathon that they're running called Life. And so um, we're, we're thankful that God gave us that assignment and that we get to do just a little bit to make a difference there. It's been so profound just in my exposure of it. And I, I know that Nathaniel's Hope does a lot, but could you elaborate a little bit more just on two, two of the sub-ministries or what that you do with Nathaniel's? Uh, I'm thinking of Buddy Break. Um, you know, my son was involved there and my wife. Uh, and then Make Him Smile, which was a great event that uh, I was able to volunteer with you on. And, and I've seen a lot of what you're talking about. But um, what does Buddy Break do and, uh, and why do you do Make Him Smile? So Buddy Break, uh, when we had our son, we, 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 we experienced the challenge of having a special needs child and actually just being involved in a church. And so we started a, a respite program called Buddy Break, where we partner with a local church. We help equip them so that they can care for families that might be part of their fellowship or maybe not, just families in the community. And uh, calling on the parishioners, the people that might attend a church, to engage their gifts in helping really bring the love of Christ, really uh, the love of Christ to these families. And so we partner with the churches, equip them to do that. And uh, usually it's for three hours on a Saturday morning, sometimes a Friday night, once a month. It's something that a church can kind of uh, tackle without it being uh, uh, too terribly difficult. And one of the things I love about it is, you know, uh, I don't, life, life is not a spectator sport, nor is serving a spectator sport. The great thing about Buddy Break is it calls people to action, to serve others. Unfortunately, with COVID, it's a very high touch thing. So 
COVID has made it extremely challenging, but um, it, it puts people to work and uses the gifts because each one of us have gifts that are uh, perhaps in some cases waiting to be used. And so this actually provides uh, an opportunity to really leverage those gifts. And for the church really to do what they're called to do, which is sometimes serving what might be considered the least of these, and that's not in a demeaning fashion. It's just the challenging nature of having uh, a child with disabilities and is just off the chart incredible. And we experienced that first firsthand for three and a half years with our son. And then in uh, annually, we've held an event for actually 18 years in downtown Orlando called Make Them Smile. And, and that started again with the life and death of our son. And we, we said we wanted to have a, a celebration, a festival that really cheers on these families and say, we, the Orlando community, stand with you. And we're cheering you on uh, in life. And we want you to know that we're standing with you. We cannot be in your shoes, but what we can do is we can give you a cup of cold water and we can, we can, we can say that we're with you. We're walking alongside you. We believe in you. And so our, our event is intended to do that. And it's, it's, it's very large. It's approximately 40,000 people and um, 3,000 what we call VIP families uh, are in attendance. And it's a, it's a great event. And it's, it's so great because the Orlando community makes a difference and shows up and really loves on these families. And so we're delighted to be able to do this this past year. We did something called Smile Fari because of COVID. We uh, worked with Wild Adventures and uh, it's a drive-through animal park. And so nobody ever had to get out of their car. And we cheered them on that way. And we had almost 1,500 families come through uh, the Smile Fari. So, I think, uh, you know, I think our endeavor is to do things that will love on these families, that they can feel a genuine, authentic love, and then we can bring encouragement, and sometimes some other practical things. We do a Christmas event that we provide, we're partnering with Walgreens and Bags and some other uh, companies. We uh, distribute toys about 15,000 toys to special needs families. Uh, again, this year with COVID, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen, but we're, we're, you know, we try to try to do what's possible and allow God to do the impossible. So uh, ultimately, we just, we, we want to be faithful stewards and, and do, what, do what we can. Sometimes it's less than perfect, but do what we can. Well, I thought it was very, very uh, innovative to transition into the small fari. Um, just being there myself, uh, being so, I think so touched by the reality of so many families that um, are going through a difficult time. It is challenging, as you've been saying, and living if you've experienced it. But if any of you want to just get a little bit in, wet with a waterfall of grace to encourage folks who are experiencing that pain, I'm telling you, it is fantastic. Next year, I'm bringing my entire team and my entire family uh, just to experience the joy and uh, get a little wet with that grace and, and, and encouragement that we're passing on to families. It was an amazing time for me. Well, Tim, I, I wanted to maybe take the last five minutes of our discussion. Um, you know, um, people say e easily at times that sometimes it's easier to make the money than to give it away or make an impact. And um, in your journey as a philanthropist, 
and trying to make an impact. You know, some of the things that just stands out to me today a lot is in our conversation is principle centered, filled with God's grace. So it means that, hey, even if I fail, I get back up. Um, I fail forward, as we say here, the Life Wealth Group. Um, and I just keep on going. And, and there's a lot of intentionality on your side, real pragmatic in the way that you help families. But in, in your other giving, have you found challenges? Uh, have you found opportunities where you felt like some of those gifts did not necessarily hit the target? How did you overcome that? And um, how, how are you, Marie, have you, how have you figured out to become as intentional in your, in your philanthropy as possible? Well, that is a mouthful. But um, I'll tell just a short story of a disappointment. Uh, but I think it can be applied in a lot of different ways. Uh, 30 years ago, uh, we, we, we had the privilege of working and starting a small missions organization in 1993 called Teams Commission for Christ, which was, is still in operation today where we do short-term mission trips in the country of Guatemala. And I've gone to Guatemala about 35 times in, and served in missions, and which is if it changes your life. It, it, there's an, I, I give a commercial to say if you want to change your life, do a foreign missions trip, place where you're going to be uncomfortable, God will show up. I guarantee it. Anyways, and I was born again, again there, and for sure. And but but I, we we partnered with this village to build a clinic, and I say we partnered. Uh, actually, truth of the matter is, I think it was largely one guy in the village's uh, idea and the missionary hooked onto it. We built this clinic on top of a mountain. It's, it was at like 6,000 feet. You had a, a, it was a trek up there. Couldn't pull up a car. And uh, we spent several months, we being a collective group of people, building this clinic. But what we found was it wasn't embraced by the people that lived there. It was like somebody's idea, not a bad idea, but the ownership was with the wrong people. It, to some degree, it was with us. Mm. And, and the ownership was placed in the, wrong, with, with, in the wrong place. I think identifying who you're giving to, the, the vision that they have, are they people of integrity, trustworthy, I think is critical. I, I spoke to on the to phone with someone I believe in yesterday that would fall into that category. That's in ministry. And what track record do they have? Because there's going to be disappointments and that's okay because you have to give with an open hand. But I think choosing, I, I desire to choose people first when possible and then uh, maybe mission or cause second. Um, and not, both of those are a little bit connected at the hip, but if I, if I believe in that person and I know that person, then I have confidence that ever how they're going to invest that money, that money's going to be well spent and there's going to be a good return on that investment. Uh, so I think, I think that that is critical. Decide what you believe in and what you want to support and passionately get behind I, ideally, there's a, uh, a vision and mechanism and systems in place to bear the most fruit. Uh, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Uh, you know, sometimes you just need to just need to give. And I, uh, I, I was on a podcast with Ron Blue uh, the other day. I just joined uh, a, a, a podcast, and and he was talking about how much he enjoyed generously giving. 
something, just just cash. And it might be a waitress, it might be someone that cuts your hair, it might be somebody you meet in a grocery line, you know, spontaneously. And I too, I don't do what I'd like to do with that. I need to do more, but I love that. Yeah. Because it, it kind of puts flesh on the giving. Yeah. And and so I think there's many different mechanisms. I think sometimes you can become so um, bound up with trying to do it right, you maybe don't give as much or when you should. At least I confess, I've, I for sure have done that. But I I know uh, you know we've got uh, we've we've got some values at Regal, and one of them is generosity. We want to be generous as a company. I want to be generous as a person. And when I'm no longer here, I, I, would, I would like generosity to be one of the things that would have defined me. I'm not, I don't think I'm there today. But I, I, and unless I die tomorrow, I've got some time. So, you know, I want to I be generous. And I, I don't, I don't want to hold what God has graciously given me personally or a family or a business so tightly uh, for fear of the future. Because one reason you don't, give maybe is out of fear yeah fear of it's going to not be spent right fear of you're you're not going to have enough which is a scarcity mentality versus an abundance mentality i want to live in an abundance mentality uh and one which would have generosity with an explanation point you know kind of thing that's awesome tim there's a lot of wonderful principles in there i hear the word passion strategic partnership ownership uh, generosity. Uh, that's, those are wonderful principles. You shared with us a, a wisdom and a, a lot of wonderful concepts, principles, uh, life. And um, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate that. Um, just quickly, obviously, uh, Regal has a website. Uh, what is that website? Regalboats.com uh, or is our website and then nathaniushope.org. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I hope you found the information here insightful. Both myself and the Life Wealth Group team want to provide you with the very best resources and education to make the best decisions for your financial future. And that's why I want to offer you a complimentary review of your entire financial and retirement plan. There's no cost for this visit. It's simply a chance for you to get an education about your money so that you can make informed decisions for yourself moving forward. We found that many people don't have a full understanding of three basic things. They don't know how much they're paying for fees and commissions. They don't know how much unnecessary risk they're taking with their nest egg, let alone the tax implications of their retirement savings. When we meet, whether it's in person at our office or an online video meeting, going to help you understand all of those issues. We want to walk you through a proprietary planning process, the Life Wealth Dream Builder, where we focus on investment planning, risk planning, income planning, healthcare planning, and tax planning. To get started, all you need to do is visit thelifewealthgroup.com. Click schedule a conversation where we will reserve a time to give you a complimentary impact analysis of your financial dreams. listening to the Orlando Impact Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcast. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach. 
found this information helpful, you can also share the episode. Thanks again for taking the time to listen, and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Orlando Impact Podcast. Securities offered only by duly registered individuals through Madison Avenue Securities, LLC, MAS, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. MAS and the Life Wealth Group are not affiliated entities. AEWM and the Life Wealth Group are not affiliated entities. The Life Wealth Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. The LifeWealth Group is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute as tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with U.S. government or any governmental agency. Thank you.